0: Welcome to Massive Late Fee, and now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. It is April 2nd, 1994. I am Mark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Carol. How are you doing, Carol? What's up? So, we've had a good week here at Massive Late Fee. Uh, Some interesting news in the news today. As hmm. you know, I have that subscription to the Los Angeles Times.
1: Tell us what did you find?
0: <laughs> uh Christy Brinkley was injured in a helicopter crash. Oh my
1: gosh. Over
0: the you know, the late this or early this weekend. Yeah, she uh was skiing near Telluride and the plane crashed, uh five other passengers on board they were stranded on the top of a mountain for 5 hours Ooh. in windy, snowy conditions. Yikes. Uh but they were rescued and uh everyone only suffered minor injuries. You know, I hate flying, you know, yeah, I you know. You know that. Uh but I have to say this the helicopter flying seems like it's maybe safer. I mean, you know, it's weird to say after a story like this, but n- you rarely hear of them crashing. Right. And when they do, you rarely hear of people dying.
1: Okay. Unless
0: it's in the military, obviously, but they're in war zones and things like that. Yeah, there's bombs and
1: shit. Right.
0: So the, that's obviously a different situation, but, but civilian uh, helicopter crashes, it seems like a lot of times they survive. Like they're able to just kind of bounce themselves on the ground or whatever.
1: Huh, I wonder why. Maybe helicopters don't fly as high or...
0: I think that's probably part of it, Yeah.
1: So they're not, they're not falling as far.
0: So maybe we'll buy a helicopter one day and, and travel to Europe like
1: you always <laughs> want to go. Okay.
0: I don't know if a helicopter gets enough fuel to make it across the Atlantic, but...
1: Probably not.
0: Uh, so, also in the news, Star Trek, the next generation, as everybody knows, uh, ended on Friday. Very, uh, you know, interesting show i've always enjoyed the show
1: my mom is still in the fetal position, crying because of
0: this, <laughs> but good news uh as I read it's sort of it's not even necessarily bittersweet the the ending because they are beginning they've already begun working on star trek generations the the movie's going to be called, which uh apparently paramount has decided they're now going to to start the movie franchise for the Next Generation cast, so they'll still be together, still on the big screen. I guess William Shatner has a role in this movie. They talked about how he was sort of dressed up as the as you know his old character, uh, Captain Kirk, on the next lot over as they were filming the end mm. of Generations, or er, er, uh, end of the Next Generation. Interesting. And also, you know, they they mentioned a little bit about Deep Space Nine which I know is getting pretty popular. It's, well, you know, popular for a Star Trek show. None of them are enormously popular, but, you know, they have their place for sure. And it's in that's in its second season now. Cool. But also, interestingly, they are starting another Star Trek series called Star Trek Voyager. And this one apparently is they're going to be in some far-flung area of the galaxy, I think, maybe trying to get home. But the big rumor is the captain is going to be a woman.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: So, you know, Rick Berman, who is overseeing things for Paramount, is not saying, but that's the uh, that's the rumor. So they, they have a a forty page treatment, I guess, and a show bible that they're that they want to go by, and they're gonna they're gonna pump that one out too. you know paramount wants to to kind of take over the world <laughs> so the last bit of news is as many of you may have saw on David Letterman, Madonna had a very interesting Very interesting appearance on there where she seemed to flirt with David Letterman at times, smoked a cigar, (laughs) uh, said the F word 13 times. Wow. People from the Letterman show, or I guess it was speculated, had said that she wouldn't be let back on. And uh, one of the producers was talking about how, well, you know, we might let her back on not to do, you know, that kind of thing. But Letterman obviously is famous for being sort of a, prov- a provocateur. Okay. And he asked her a lot about past boyfriends and people she dated and, you know, sorted things from her past that are hot-button issues. Right. So it, but it was an incredibly amusing interview, I'll say that much. Hmm. But, yeah, the, uh, the censors were working overtime on that. <laughs> so, speaking of TV, uh, this week I watched an episode of Seinfeld. Fifth season, Uh, at the beginning, people didn't really gravitate towards this show, I noticed. I didn't even, I wasn't, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I was not the first on the bandwagon of Seinfeld and his show. I missed several of the original episodes. I don't even know if I saw any of season one. I've seen most of them, I think, on reruns at this point, but I didn't see all of them when they first came out. Yeah, but now it seems like you know it's definitely a big, popular, huge show for oh, NBC. Oh yeah,
1: it's it's a great show.
0: So a lot of times we try to focus on shows maybe you haven't seen or you know shows we think you should check out. So it's a little bit different of a case this time, but you know Spring Break is here. Spring is in the air in Michigan and. There are a lot of shows that are off now.
1: Yup. It's they,
0: difficult they to find them. They
1: expect us to be outside, like, doing stuff instead of sitting in front of the TV. What the hell?
0: <laughs> so, uh, I watched an episode of Seinfeld called, I believe it's called The Wife. Yeah, The Wife. And uh, a attractive, you know, dark-haired woman was on the show playing Jerry's girlfriend, Who uses, who pretends that she's his wife so they can get a discount at the dry cleaners. What? (laughs) She's played by a woman named Courtney Cox. The one that was in that Pet Detective movie.
1: Oh, okay. She
0: was, she, that's her. She was on it.
1: Yeah, okay, I remember her.
0: So, she, they, they start, they start they start arguing and quibbling like an actual married couple. <laughs> Something I hope that we don't do when we get married one day. But, I don't know,
1: we already do. But so.
0: last week, like you said, you know, you don't think that uh, we're going to get married. That's what you said.
1: I didn't say I don't think we're going to get married. I just said I think that we're a little young to be talking about it.
0: Well, you don't. you don't ever think about it ever, huh?
1: I didn't say I don't think about it. I just said I don't think we should be talking about it right now. <laughs>
0: Okay. Anyway, so they start arguing and everything, and it basically it ends to the the disillu- or begets the disillusionment of their relationship. Okay. And so it, it's a very funny episode. Obviously, the show's very funny. Definitely check it out. Seinfeld Thursday nights NBC. You know where to go.
1: <laughs> and uh, the show that I watched this week was. Nine zero two one zero. It was.
0: You're really on that nine zero two one zero, aren't you?
1: For now, we'll see what else catches my attention. But yeah, um, I don't know how I felt about this episode, though. It was a little different. Um, it took place half in real time and then half in the '60s because Brenda found a woman's diary.
0: Half in real time. You mean half half now or right. ha- or half. As in, each minute of the show is a minute of real time.
1: I mean, part of the show took place in the 60s and part of the show took place in the 90s. Oh, okay. Because okay. I
0: was just thinking about how interesting it would be to have a show filmed in real time. Like, you could take a 24-hour period and every hour of the show is an hour in real life. And you have 24 episodes in the season, 24 hours... That
1: sounds terrible.
0: I I think it's a good idea.
1: That sounds so boring. Think about how much time you spend during the day not doing anything important or exciting.
0: All right. Well, I guess, I guess you got me there. So we won't we won't we won't pitch that show idea.
1: Okay. Now, she found a diary in her um window ledge. Like she has one of those like, you know, you can sit in it kind of windows.
0: Brenda's the Shannon Doherty. Yes. What do they call those
1: bay windows or something? I guess. Um and she like gets obsessed with reading it. And then in the meantime, you know, spring break, all her friends are going skiing and she says, she actually lies to them and says that she's grounded and can't go, which I'm sorry, she's in college. What, who, who's grounded in college? <laughs> um,
0: who grounded you? The Dean.
1: Right? But, um, you know, <clears throat> it's because we find out as the episode goes on, she just doesn't want to watch uh, Dylan and Kelly together.
0: Oh, yeah, Uh, what's his name and what's her name?
1: Yes, Dylan and Kelly. Those of you who watch the show get it, but Luke Perry and, oh, what is her name? The Blonde. I don't know. We went through this last week, come on.
0: I don't remember it anymore. (laughs) I remember Luke Perry, Jenny Garth. Yes. Every time it comes to me like minutes after or seconds (laughs) after.
1: So yeah, it's the two of them because you know Brenda used to date Dylan, yeah, and she's friends with Kelly, so it's hard for her to watch them together. It makes sense, and you know, in reading this, it's
0: kind of like it's hard for you to watch me with Sarah anytime I have to, uh, like she passes me in the hall or whatever.
1: What what are you what what are you doing?
0: <laughs> what do you mean? What am I doing?
1: What why why are we talking about that now? Like, are you just enjoying making me uncomfortable? <laughs> Seriously.
0: Well, if you don't want to marry me, I think that's Oh my god, I didn't say I don't want to marry you, you jerk. Okay, so so she doesn't like seeing them together.
1: And she's reading this diary and it's like a mirror of her own life, but you know, in the backdrop of the sixties, like the girl got arrested for being at like, you know, some demonstration and
0: letting a bunch of animals go to die.
1: Right. Similar, similar (laughs) stuff. Um and like the you know this girl also has an ex-boyfriend who's dating a friend and you know the the
0: and then the flashbacks it's Shannon Doherty, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, they all dressed play, up
0: as the 60s. Yeah, they all
1: play characters in the 60s. And in the end she actually goes and finds the lady who wrote the diary, which is it's kind of cool like she gets to see the pictures of the actual people and
0: Is it you know, Shannon Doherty old age happened. makeup or do they no. hire somebody?
1: No, they hired somebody. Um, no, they don't look like those people like when she gets to see the real pictures, but you know, she gets to find out what happens. So. Does
0: she have crooked teeth?
1: <laughs> the person they hired. I didn't really pay <laughs> attention to her teeth. You weirdo. Anyway, it was a weird episode, but I kinda liked it. I don't I'm I wouldn't want every episode to be like this though.
0: Well, that sounds interesting. It was. Nine zero two one zero.
1: Yes, sir.
0: That's the area code for Beverly Hills in Los Angeles, in California. Can you
1: imagine living like Sunset Strip in nineteen sixty nine? Yeah,
0: I, I wonder. Man, buying property there would have been great. Yeah. not much money? You make right. On that. But uh, yeah, the guy, California was the the. You know, big time area for all the college protests and stuff like that uh, in the 60s, from what I'm told. Obviously, weren't alive then.
1: Apparently, also a lot of, you know, acid and pot.
0: Yeah, well, you can find that now if you look.
1: Yeah, I don't think as readily.
0: I don't know. I mean, maybe (laughs) not the acid, but
1: i not saying it doesn't exist, but people aren't doing it on the school lawn. If
0: any police get a hold of this tape, we don't do drugs. At all. We're straight edge.
1: Very. I don't even know what liquor tastes like.
0: Right? Yeah, me either. <laughs> so, the movie that we saw today...
1: I won. I picked. It was awesome. It was a chick flick. Yes.
0: Well, she won. And... That the ends her factual statement.
1: Well, it's not going to take away the reveal from you.
0: But it is four weddings and a funeral. Yes. Which lives up to its name because there are four weddings and one funeral <laughs> in this film. A British film from Richard Curtis, who I'm unfamiliar with, but it stars uh, a lot of people I've never seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everybody. I am familiar with one person that's in this movie that we'll get to later, but the lead of this movie is a British actor named Hugh Grant, who's done some things here and there. Uh, The, what was it? It's the Merchant Ivory film, The Remains of the Day, was nominated at the Academy Awards, which we talked about last week. Uh Uh-huh. He has a small role in that.
1: Okay.
0: And he's done other things in England. He's worked in the theater. He's done TV shows and other stuff in England. From what I gather, none of which I have seen, I don't think pretty much anyone in America really has. So this is kind of their first look at this dude. And Annie McDowell, who's been in a few other movies that I've seen. She's not a huge star, I wouldn't say, but definitely leading lady, working actress.
1: Okay.
0: Um. So... The film is about a guy named Charlie, played by Hugh Grant, who is sort of lost in love, wants to wants to find somebody that he really cares about, wants to fall in love.
1: Yeah, desperately.
0: It, 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 you, as you mentioned uh, when we talked about this off, off the tape here, it's sort of weird for a guy.
1: Well, yeah, because he's literally sitting there talking about how he's always going to weddings, but he never gets married. It's like always the bridesmaid, never the bride, but from a guy.
0: Yeah, it's not uh, normal. Not what you would consider what guys usually do. Like I told you, the, I you know, there are some guys that are like that. Obviously. That are lovelorn, but, you know, it's not the normal thing. So... Yeah, that's an interesting aspect of the movie, but he meets Andy McDowell at the first wedding, mm-hmm. which is the first event in the movie, and they have a romance for a night, basically.
1: Well, yeah, because she's from America.
0: Yeah, she's from the United States. He, they're, all The movie takes place in England. Almost all the actors are English. It's a very English film. Right.
1: And in the morning, he just sees her walking out.
0: So before we get into kind of spoiling the film and everything
1: i'm sorry
0: no no i'm I'm not talking about you i was I was doing the plot summary i'm not, not not criticizing you
1: okay I'm
0: just saying before we get into that, let's do overall impressions of the film. What did you think of this movie
1: okay um I enjoyed the movie, but it was maybe put together a little chocolate.
0: <laughs> I did not think you were going to agree with me on that, but you do.
1: Yeah, I I didn't like the flow.
0: This film has a pacing problem, mm-hmm. and it has a structure problem. Yes. It's very well acted. Uh I I I liked it in general, but it it definitely suffers from those two big problems. The film is sort of slow at the beginning; takes a while to build, which is a European style of filmmaking, and not necessarily bad. But it really ramps up and goes quick yeah. at the at the end. It, it the ending almost feels rushed, because not the very ending, but the the last third of the film almost feels like we got to get through this, and the, you know we got to right. go, we got to go to these different things, and, and so. I have a problem with that. And the structure problem that I have is that this is a whole friend group. Uh-huh. And the friend group is integral to both to both all the weddings and the one funeral. Mm-hmm. But I never felt like we got to know them. Yeah. The film hyper focuses on, on Hugh Grant's character Charlie, which is fine in some traditional narratives. But I didn't feel emotional connections with the other characters.
1: Right. I agree.
0: And I think that it would have been better if they had structured the film almost like the chapters, kind of. I don't even know exactly how to describe it. But let's say that Charlie is a character and we follow him for a little bit. Then we switch perspective and point of view completely to one of his friends, Fiona. Or, or somebody else right there are things revealed about these friend groups or yeah. that this group the group of friends a, as the movie goes on that would have been more shocking and more emotionally meaningful had we known about them or seen them early right some of this stuff just comes out of nowhere
1: I mean like when one of them actually dies I felt nothing exactly and that's bad and it,
0: there that should have been a big emotional scene and the funeral, in the four weddings and a funeral should have been a big emotional scene. Mm -hmm. And it really wasn't.
1: And like, remember how, how you were kind of like, Oh, they're together. Like we were watching these two guys were together. Yes. And we had no idea.
0: And they don't even, and maybe that's the day and age that we're living in where they didn't feel comfortable enough to flat out say it, but they really only kind of allude to it.
1: Well, you know, at the very, very end of the movie, like when the credits are going and walking out of the theater, they're showing the pictures. Mm-hmm. And there was a picture, the, the guy that did not die from the couple, is with another guy getting a kiss on the cheek and like snuggling up. So I, I, I really think it it's pretty much said there. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's never overt through the film that they're homosexuals.
0: And... You know their the so their relationship everything about it it just doesn't it doesn't emotionally connect because we don't get to know them so if they you know like I said if they take Charlie and they kind of go through a little bit of time with him and then the movie flips mm-hmm. over to say the guy that died and his uh, boyfriend husband whatever you want to call him uh, into their thing and we get to know oh they're together and here's a little bit of of their personality right. and character development and then we see Fiona. Uh, one of the women in the group and we and we say oh we see her development a little bit mm-hmm. and we kind of get to know what she's after and what she wants and and then they all blend together you know what i mean they, yeah they kind of all i think the best way to structure this film would have been to see their lives outside of the weddings yeah.
1: and the funeral it would have been too long maybe though i, I think
0: you could have done it though i think you could have done it to where you see them and develop their personalities outside of these events and then they blend together at these events and then we can see them all interacting with each other yeah and then they go their separate ways again you you could have made it that a lot of this could have been cut out a lot of the things could have been cut out and and this stuff could have been inserted in its place i think
1: and and i think it almost throws it off even more that every single part of the movie it's like you know the first wedding is at this time and then it's three months later it's the second wedding like they they market like that right yeah but then there's just a one month later and they do something that's not at a wedding and it's the only thing that they do yeah that's not an event and it kind of feels like what what was that in there for then yeah
0: it's disjointed the the film is disjointed so richard curtis (laughs) (laughs) on the off chance that you hear this of course next movie that you write and direct with a bunch of british actors in it make it to where we get to see their individual lives and interactions with each other. And then they just kind of cross paths. Yeah. You know, they're they're all interconnected in, in a certain way. That's a better way to structure this kind
1: of movie that you're trying to do. For sure.
0: But it wasn't bad.
1: No, I really, I mean, I enjoyed it. It just definitely could have been done better.
0: So we'll go through the, the structure. You can help me. Or not, we'll go through the plot. You can kind of help me with this. Okay. So he, eats, he meets Andy McDowell at this wedding, mm-hmm. told by Fiona. I think it's Fiona that says it, that she's a slut and mm-hmm. she's American. You get, and she is. You get a bit of an inkling <laughs> that Fiona might have a thing for him. But you. But it's so early in the movie, you don't know enough about the relationships or anything to for that to really pay off. Right. The way they want it to. But anyway, so she says that he still kind of pursues her. She's she's staying at some hotel
1: kind of pursues her he hops out of a moving vehicle well okay i mean he got them to stop but shit to go to the hotel she's staying at
0: yeah he one of the friends is apparently the seventh richest person in england <laughs> and he has a castle and they were all going to stay there after this wedding so he she finds out that she's uh, at the boatman this hotel and he was going to stay there, but was you know his friend had this castle, so they were going to stay there. So he changed his plans. So he changes his plans again and goes to the boatman to stay there since she's there. Right. He comes down. This is a pretty funny scene. Oh yeah. Where she's sitting there, uh, in the chair. There's a little like lounge area in the lobby of the hotel, and there's someone serving drinks right? and cigars.
1: I want to stay there. That's pretty cool. <laughs> no kidding, but. We're staying in the wrong places.
0: So she, well, we don't, why would we be going to hotels?
1: Mom, (laughs) I never, ever went to a hotel with him. Never.
0: So anyway, he sees her and asks, you know, if she wants to have a drink. She says yes. He orders two whiskeys. And then this guy comes down that was also at the wedding who is looking for her. So Hugh Grant looks back. Andy McDowell's gone. Or, no, Charlie is her name, isn't it? Yeah, Charlie's her name. Yeah. I can't remember no. his name.
1: She's Carrie. He's Charlie. She's Carrie.
0: Oh, yeah, okay. That's right. So, two C names. He's Charlie. She's Carrie. That's yeah. right. Okay. So, anyway, he looks. Carrie's gone. And he's like, where did she go? And he says, oh, he's looking for her. The, the Yeah, one he's guy.
1: asking about her. He's
0: very boorish, uh, drunk, and obviously his advances are not wanted. So we the camera pans back and we see she's behind the couch. Right. Hiding from him. <laughs> so the the guy brings over the two scotches and he says, Here's your scotch and one for 'cause it's he's the gonna, road. Yeah, one he's gonna say for the lady and Hugh Grant stops him and says for the road and and everything and and so he uh he grabs the drink and the guy says, Oh, let's drink together. I'll grab a bottle And a few minutes pass and the guy come the waiter comes back and says Oh, your wife says to come up right away. And in case you're so drunk, you forgot the room number. It's room number 12. And he's confused for a moment, which is part of his character throughout this whole film is like befuddled.
1: Right. But charming.
0: (laughs) And so he goes up. She's fine. You know, she's in the room. They end up sleeping together. And she's got to go back to America. So then cut three months later.
1: Yeah. Oh, and what what ties it together, it's... It's kind of cute. Like, every wedding, it kind of, you know, ties things together. So, yeah. So, it was one of the bridesmaids is all depressed and, like, I thought I was going to get sex because I'm a bridesmaid. They said I'd be fighting men off. And, and this guy is like, well, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm here, you know? And she's like, I'm not that desperate. And by the end of the night, of course, they're making out. And now it's their wedding only three months later. Yeah,
0: that's the next wedding. So... <laughs> So they go to their wedding, I and you, you pick up the wedding here because I, I'm i a little, I'm having trouble remembering this wedding okay. exactly.
1: So this wedding, he finds out that Carrie has a fiancé. He's all excited to see her again. That's right, that's right. And she's like, oh, let me introduce you to my fiancé. And you can tell he just got punched in the gut. I mean, you know, that's not the kind of surprise you want. And uh, the poor guy, after the wedding, he's upstairs He's hiding from some people walking down the hall, goes into a room and then the bride and the groom now he watches, first before this happens, he watches her get in a car and drive away with her fiance out the window, which is sad then the bride and the groom come in and instead of making his presence known, which he should have done, he hides in the curtains like a little pervert and then he climbs into the closet
0: are you trying to say that Hugh Grant's a pervert? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'm seeing that Charlie character is a pervert. Okay, and uh, they have sex, and he's in the room. Yeah, and it's like kind of an uncomfortable scene. I mean, like it, it was, was a little, little over the top with the with the sex.
0: Yeah, it was definitely. I mean, they stay clothed.
1: Yeah, but
0: but the acting yeah. is definitely they go for it. Right, I'll, I'll say that.
1: <laughs> And then they're going to go for round two. And so he decides he's going to let them know then. Like, I don't know what the fuck. Like, he should have just stayed hidden. I don't know.
0: Well, who knows how long they would have been in there. It's their honeymoon.
1: True. God. Okay. Well, anyway. (laughs) So that was was the second wedding.
0: But he meets her again.
1: Yeah, she came back. Yes. Without her fiance. Yeah. And they're sharing a cab. And then she says, you know, do you want to come up for a nightcap? And he says, oh, I don't think we should risk it. And she said, oh, it's no risk. You're not that cute. And they have sex again. Yep. This time, he knows. So they don't even talk about it in the morning. They just kind of stare at each other and he leaves. It was kind of sad.
0: What do you mean this time he knows?
1: Well, because you find out later in the movie that she was already engaged when they had sex the first time. You think so? Well, she'd already slept with her fiancé.
0: No, 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 no. He was the number before him. That's what she says in the movie.
1: Oh, you're right. Okay, never mind.
0: So I don't know if she... The movie's ambiguous. She could have been engaged when they first met. But she might not have been as well.
1: No, you're, you're right, though. Because when she, she went through, listed all the number of guys that she slept with, and he was number... 32.
0: Yeah. And her fiancé was 33.
1: Right. So, yeah, you're right. They, she was single the first time. And she even said the first time when she's leaving, she said, uh, I think we both missed a good opportunity here or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think she was single.
0: So then we come to... One month later. Yeah, one month later, which is not a wedding.
1: Right. Where he just runs into her randomly. Yeah. Oh, not randomly. No, he gets an invitation in the mail to her wedding. Yes. Which, I'm sorry, bitch. Why would she invite him? I don't know. That's so wrong. I mean, she slept with him twice.
0: Once while she was engaged.
1: Right. So he goes to buy her a wedding gift... And he's in this ridiculously expensive store, by the way.
0: Yeah, well, I believe that her fiance is super wealthy.
1: Yeah, they said he has like a castle in Scotland or something. Yeah,
0: he's introduced as I think some sort of duke or something. I, I it, the British terms of nobility, I'm not really big on. Right. So I'm not sure, but
1: well, no, this is Scottish.
0: Yeah, but the, yeah, but it's still part of the same thing. But anyway, like, however he was introduced, I believe, to a native audience would have indicated that, oh, he's kind of a big deal.
1: Right. So, but I mean, still, you know, not everybody you're inviting is rich, so you should have options for people who aren't. Yeah, I guess. Anyway.
0: It's a very hoity-toity store. Yeah. With a very rude staff. Very rude. He says, because she says there's uh, plenty of nice things for around a thousand Thousand British pounds, which is more than American, yeah.
1: Isn't that like two thousand dollars? It's around there,
0: yeah. And so she says, Well, do you have anything for like around 50? And she says, Oh, you can buy that statue over there as long as you have a friend that can give you the other three thousand nine hundred and fifty dollars,
1: right? Oh, yeah.
0: She was very rude,
1: very rude. So then he runs into Carrie there in that store. And guess what's on her agenda for the day? Wedding dress shopping, which she takes him with her to do.
0: Yeah, do you remember Pretty Woman? When Richard Gere takes her to the store and she's dressing up like that, that yeah. montage? That That's sort of what this is like.
1: Except ugly dresses.
0: Yeah, ugly wedding dresses. <laughs> yeah. She she At one point she dresses up like Little Bo Peep, apparently. <laughs> or that's what it looks like.
1: Yeah, and then, As a wedding dress. And then there's another one that's not even like a wedding dress. It's like a bra top and something. I mean, it was like ridiculous. Oh, yeah.
0: And then there's one that's just like an evening gown. Mm-hmm. It's not white. It's just... It did not look like a wedding dress in any way. It's all weird. Yeah, the whole, the whole situation is odd. So, and he's late again.
1: He's always late. He's
0: late every single time. That's a running thing through the movie. Where he's late to every wedding. He forgets the the rings at the first wedding because he's the best man. Yeah. Uh, And so he's late with his brother. His brother is deaf, which Mm -hmm. they reveal, uh, or I believe, at the first wedding. Yeah. First or second wedding?
1: Oh, I don't remember which wedding. I think it might have been the second wedding when um, the one girl says that he's like, you know, a dish. (laughs) And then she was talking to one of the guys and he's like, oh, I always thought so. Mm hmm. But, you know, he, he can't... And then she's learning sign language.
0: Yeah. She ends up learning sign language and knowing it for the next time they meet each other.
1: Which is super cute. Yeah, it's
0: very, that's a very cute. That doesn't go... I believe they start dating, but they don't get married or anything.
1: Well, again, the pictures at the end of the movie that I think you were not paying attention to. No, I
0: was getting out as fast as
1: I could. Yeah. Um, they, they They ended up together.
0: Okay. That's good.
1: They all ended up with somebody. Oh, yeah. And then... Oh, but... There's all these pictures of people getting married. Mm-hmm. Oh, never mind. I'm jumping ahead. Okay. Continue.
0: Sure. So <laughs> then we go to the third wedding.
1: Wait, wait. You're missing something very important here.
0: What am I missing?
1: So he's late to meet his brother. Oh, yeah. Okay. He gets there. Mm-hmm. He's going in. And then he just turns around and runs out. He says, fuck it. And he takes off after her and tells her that he thinks he's falling in love with her. Yeah. And she just says, what, you're lovely? And gives him a kiss on the cheek? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. that that That's important.
0: So then we go to the third wedding, which is her wedding. Yeah. Carrie's wedding to the Scottish guy in Scotland.
1: Yeah. He goes all the way to Scotland to watch her marry some other asshole.
0: Yeah, very weird. Uh I don't know exactly how far away Scotland is from where they are because they don't make it 100% clear where they are. Again, this is another thing that probably native viewers could see, like, oh, that building, you know, I, they're in London, or, or whatever. Um, but we don't know exactly where they are. Assuming they're London-adjacent, at least, around that area right. of the realm, as they say. Scotland is, for those of you that don't know, uh, at the northern end of the island, the very northern end of the island, towards kind of the uh, the east side northern part of the isle. Uh, and so... It's, it's not a huge distance, but it's distance. Mm -hmm. If if they're if they're driving it, it would take them a day, I would assume, to get there. I don't know exactly how far it is by car from London to, to anywhere in Scotland, but you know, it's. I would assume it's it's equivalent to us driving to say Nevada or, you know, around there. Maybe not Nevada.
1: Maybe takes days. Not
0: yeah. Maybe not quite that far. Maybe more like uh, Iowa Nebraska in that in that area um, Oklahoma okay around there probably that's my best guess just eyeballing a map
1: it's it's not close
0: yeah it's you gotta you gotta tra- you gotta travel to get there right
1: I mean you've gotta go through some kind of uh, inconvenience and I don't know why anyone would inconvenience themselves to watch someone they think they might be falling in love with marry someone else.
0: But they they do. Yes. (laughs) And it's a grand affair and everything. And during the ceremony, uh, one of their friends, this big jolly guy that's the life of the party at all these uh, weddings, ends up suffering a heart attack and he dies. Yep. And, you know, during the speeches at the reception after the wedding... And so, you know, you see Hugh Grant tell one of the guys and it's, you know, it's supposed to be emotional. It's it, not. It really isn't. It kind of, fall, that moment really falls flat. Yeah. So the next event is his funeral, yeah. which all the friends are there, obviously. Carrie's there, I believe.
1: Yes. Yeah, there everybody that we're supposed to see from throughout the movies there.
0: Uh is this the point where Duckface makes her first appearance?
1: no Duckface has been around she was is this where she
0: this isn't where she breaks down though
1: I think she broke down at the second wedding
0: okay, so during the second wedding, she had dated Hugh Grant at one point and mm-hmm. she starts to like she starts to basically turn into a psychopath.
1: Yeah, I mean she's just like blubbering all over him and talking about like, oh, the way you used to like this is the only thing I remember is the way you used to look at me and it turns out you were just trying to figure out the quickest way to get out of the relationship or, you know. Yeah,
0: it was it was quite a scene. Yeah. But so the funeral, I know that the speech that they give and everything. Then the probably the most important thing happens after when they're by the waterside and it's the rich guy and Hugh Grant.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they're talking and he says that he admires about the rich guy that he's so confident that he'll find love. When, you know, he's like, what if it never happens? What if, what if you already met the person that you're supposed to be with and there was somebody else? And he says that he doesn't really believe in that, the, th- as he calls the thunderbolt thing. Yep. And that, you know, eventually he'll just settle down with somebody, and that's sort of his plan. And at first, Hugh Grant's arguing, and he says, don't you think that this, if this funeral's taught us anything? It's that, you know, people should look for the kind of love that these two guys had for each other. Which is when we first...
1: Go, oh.
0: That, you know, figure it out.
1: During the funeral, even though they said his best friend when they called him up, that's another thing. That's what they
0: categorized him as. Yeah, yeah. his
1: his best friend's going to say a few words, and then he reads that poem. That was the only thing that made me a little emotional, and it wasn't in context, it was just an amazing poem. Right.
0: So, yeah, you sort of get the, the, the idea that they're closeted, I guess, except amongst their friends. Yeah. But... So he says, you know, don't you think, given what we just saw, that, that uh, you know, you should go for true love? And then Hugh Grant kind of changes course, and he says, well, maybe you're right. Maybe, you know, true love's overrated.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Kind of like he's just going to settle. Right. So in the next wedding, you see, what, are we skipping something? No. Okay, well, the next wedding, you see the wedding card says Charlie, and you don't see the other person's name. So, they set a bunch of alarms. ten
1: months later. Yeah.
0: So, they set a bunch of alarms.
1: Oh, yeah. This is funny.
0: Because he's always late, and it's his own wedding now. So, they've set a ton of alarms, and he wakes up. uh, His best man is laying next to him in the bed.
1: Right. Making sure.
0: (laughs) His best man's not his brother for some reason. I don't know why exactly, but it works out anyway. Right. So... They wake up, and he says, oh, you know, we uh, we we don't have much time. And Hugh Grant says, what are you talking about? And he says, it's 9.45. And he's like, it's 9.45. I told you to set the alarm for 8 o'clock. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you know, we got 45 minutes. So he's rushing around, rushing around. They get there, and they lied about the time. Right. The people are still bringing flowers in. Yep. Nothing's, like, ready yet. He kind of turns and laughs and says, oh, you know, you, you got me. And then that's when we learn. That his bride-to-be is Duckface.
1: Yeah, his ex-girlfriend.
0: Which is what Fiona calls him. Oh, and we also learned that Fiona loves Hugh Grant's character. Yes. has always loved him since the first moment they met and wants to be with him. I guess he doesn't want to be with her?
1: Yeah, they don't even, like, he be- doesn't even really respond.
0: Yeah, he doesn't really respond and that has never paid off in any way. Yeah. <coughs> so... uh she, uh, Carrie comes to the wedding.
1: Yeah, so uh, they're sadistic people. Oh, yeah, because he other. invited her. Yeah. And um, as soon as he sees her, he is all flustered because she tells him that she's no longer with her husband. In ten months, ten months, their wedding, their marriage broke.
0: They're separated. Yeah. I think maybe she was a gold digger. She just wanted some money. You think so? I don't know. But I think it's plot convenience to get her to live in England now. <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah, they're not together anymore. So now he doesn't know what to do. Now, the weddings, the, everyone's there. The wedding's paid for. This is the day. And he doesn't know that he wants to marry her. Also, we get another payoff of something. The rich guy is one of the ushers asking people, bride or groom, you know, which side mm-hmm. are you on? And he sees this girl and they just stare at each other. You can tell they're like dumbstruck. It's that love at first sight thing. Right. They hit us over the head by him saying Thunderbolts time or whatever. Whatever mm-hmm. he says. Serious Thunderbolts or something like that. Yeah. You don't really need to say that, but. Yeah, it was, it
1: was obvious.
0: So he's fallen in love now as well. Um, so. Charlie goes into an antechamber, says bugger a bunch of times, which apparently is a really bad thing to say in a church, I guess. He
1: apologized to God first.
0: Yeah. The priest comes out and says, uh, you know, can I help you? And he says, I'm just, uh, I'm just doing vocal exercises because it's a big church. Anyway, so the other groomsmen come in and he reveals to them what he's thinking that he is not sure if he wants to marry Duckface, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head other than what they that Fiona calls her. And they don't know what to do. Uh his brother says there are three options. You can go through with it. You can go out there and tell everyone that it's off and to go home and I can't think of a third option.
1: Right. And oh sorry. No, and then ahead. you know, and then um he he decides to go through with it and he goes out there. And just when they ask if anyone, um, you know, is going to object has a reason that they shouldn't be joined, his brother, who can't speak, speaks up. <laughs> he is using sign language and asks him to interpret.
0: What did you think of the brother's solution to the problem?
1: Well, it took he did it for him. It took the responsibility off of him. He yeah. made the decision for him.
0: But do you think it was the best way to go about it?
1: No, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, he, he should probably have dealt with it sooner, <laughs> but <laughs> whatever, he saved him. So
0: he interprets, says all the things that, he, that he's saying where he basically says, I don't think that the groom is sure about the marriage and that I, he might love somebody else. Right. And the priest, <laughs> the priest seems offended by this. Yes. Because he's like, well, do you? Do you, Charlie? Do you love somebody else? And earlier, when he had been talking to uh, Carrie, she had said, "Oh, you'll get through it. Just anything that anybody asks you, you answer, "I do."
1: <laughs> and
0: he says, "I do." And then Duckface punches him. Yeah. So then he deserved it. So then we're at the house afterwards, and everyone's sort of trying to console him. Fiona, who never likes Duckface, says she feels sorry for her because what he did is pretty much unforgivable. And I, we agree. Yeah. So then there's a knock at the door. Charlie says, if there's music to face, I'll face it. It ends up being Carrie. She says, basically, she basically says that she wanted to see if he was okay. Mm-hmm. But it's clear that she loves him too. Right. Uh, and then he says to her that, would you not marry me? Right. And would you not marry me for the rest of my life? Is that something you could do or whatever? Which is
1: really weird. Yeah. He said, I mean, he says like, I guess marriage and I don't agree or whatever, but I don't, I mean, he was just the wrong woman. Yeah. And he wanted to be married all that time. And now all of a sudden he's just soured to marriage. It's weird. Yeah.
0: I think it's supposed to show some kind of character arc and character growth and development, but we don't get enough foundation for that to, for that really to pay off.
1: And I mean, they really drive it home. This is what I was going to say earlier that was jumping ahead. Mm Mm-hmm. Because at the end, there's a picture of him and her and a baby, following a ton of pictures of all the friends getting married.
0: So they're not
1: married. But they have a baby.
0: But they have, okay. So, he has, uh, Hugh Grant in real life has a girlfriend that he's been with for a while named Elizabeth Hurley, who's an attractive English actress. And they're not married. Hmm. And I don't know if they're ever going to get married. So I don't know if that's sort of parallel stuff. Oh, maybe? I don't know. But anyway, so yeah, she says, I do. Basically, she answers the question, you know, to uh, not marrying him. But basically being with him. Right. And that's the end of the film.
1: Yeah.
0: Like I said, it's an enjoyable movie. I liked it. It was, as far as chick flicks go, it was different. It was a little different than, than normal, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was it was good enough. But as I said earlier, pacing problems. The like I said, as we kind of rush through the plot, you can kind of see everything from around the end of the second wedding, like third wedding, funeral, fourth wedding on. It's very rushed.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, everything else before that builds pretty strongly. But, yeah, they, so the film has a pacing problem in that way. And the structure problem. I, I just, we don't know enough about the homosexual relationship, the homosexual couple. We don't, his, his uh, the surviving member of that couple, I don't know anything about him. Right. Other than he was with that guy. Yeah. That's, re- that's the only character information I really have of him. I can't even remember his name. And Fiona, you know, the, she was in love with him. If we had seen her pining for him, mm-hmm. if we had seen things from her point of view and maybe her interactions, like you just you just show her on a date or something like that. And uh, Hugh Grant's character comes in. Maybe he's on a date with somebody else or maybe it's a time where he had seen Carrie and they they had gone out to have something or whatever. And you kind of see her wistfully look over and the 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 boring conversation from the guy she's with sort of fades into the background right as she's staring at him and we get an inkling of she's never going to be happy in a relationship because she loves him
1: well i mean she's said over and over she's never going to be happy in a relationship because she loves someone who doesn't fancy her back
0: yeah and then we get to see her character growth and so at the end of the movie when she's open to being with someone. After he's with Charlie, that's character payoff. Yeah, or yeah, after he's with Carrie, that's character payoff then. Right. So that would be, like I'm saying about the structure, that would be a way to structure the movie better. And then we get more emotional weight to each of these characters. Yeah. The only actor that I know, from this movie, as I, I teased earlier, is a guy that's in one scene very briefly in the first wedding and performs the second wedding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hilariously. His name is Rowan Atkinson. Uh, he plays a character called Mr. Bean that is has been on British television show, but I know him because we're lucky enough to occasionally get the BBC here uh, from our Canadian neighbors right. in Michigan. Right. I saw him on a show called Black Adder uh, that was on a little while ago, a few years ago. Brilliant, brilliant show. Hilarious show. I don't know where you'd find it. (laughs) I don't know if it's on tape anywhere. I think you'd have to special order it from a catalog or something or or find someone that has it taped or whatever. But if you can find, find Black Adder, check it out. Rowan Atkinson is a comic genius from different, just, and different things. He can do slapstick and silly stuff, completely serious, very dry British humor stuff. He runs the full gamut, and he is very funny. So, he he's, plays a very small role in this film, but is, is very good in it. Uh, what do you think? Do you, would you have any suggestions, like, structure-wise? I mean, do you think I'm kind of on the right track with... with Seeing these characters a little more individually, so that we can get emotional connection and growth from each of them.
1: Yes, but I mean, I don't think that it would necessarily. I think the movie would not tell the same story because it would turn into like a four-hour movie if they did. I, um, I think by doing you, that, I
0: think you could do it without making it a four-hour movie. I think you could cut out some of the. What you'd have to do is cut out some of the the Carrie. Charlie stuff, but I
1: like the Carrie Charlie stuff.
0: I do too, but you'd have to you'd you'd have to isolate more their their encounters specifically, like um, with you know the the two times they sleep together, the meeting his fiance and stuff like that. Um, You know you'd have to. It'd be like just a few moments, and you could still make that the centerpiece of the film. Mm -hmm. You just cut out a little more of this. There's a lot of extraneous stuff uh from the weddings and things like that that you could cut out uh there there is one thing that's set up that's paid off kind of nicely in the last wedding where in every wedding we hear them say if anyone objects to this wedding speak now and then of course at the last wedding someone does speak up the deaf guy quote unquote speaks up So that does get paid off is that we hear that every single time. So we kind of are prepared for that being an eventuality. That's one of those things where if you see it and then you see the problem in The Last Wedding where he's not sure he wants to marry him, you can say, oh, someone could object, you know. Uh, So that's kind of a nice setup and payoff for that.
1: Yeah, overall, I think it was a decent movie.
0: Yeah, it's a cute film. It's doing pretty well at the box office. I think it was... Projected to be number five, something like that. Uh, The number one and two movies in America we did not want to see. No, (laughs) There's uh, D2, The Mighty Ducks. And I would have liked to have seen Major League Two, but Carol did not see Major League One and does not care about Charlie Sheen or baseball.
1: Well, it's not that I don't care about Charlie Sheen. I really don't care about baseball.
0: Yeah, she's not a big baseball person. So, Major League, the original, was hilarious. I don't know what the sequel's going to be like, because obviously we haven't seen it yet. I don't know, maybe we'll watch it next week. Maybe that'll be my pick. I don't Uh... know, we'll see. But, we will end this week, as we end every week, with our Blockbuster Picks of the Week. This week, well, you go first, with yours. Because I have a little more to say about mine, I think.
1: Okay, well, my, my blockbuster pick of the week is My Boyfriend's Back, which is just, you know, super cool idea um, where this girl's boyfriend dies and comes back as a zombie and they're still trying to be together. So um, I would recommend it. I, I thought it was good.
0: Yeah, it's one that we saw last year when it was in the theater. It was one that I had low hopes for. Carol is kind of into zombie stuff.
1: I like horror in general, and and even if it's not scary, just kind of...
0: I like horror, too, but I'm not so into zombies. I liked Night of the Living Dead. They re-released it at one point in the theater, Mm -hmm. and I saw it with my sister
1: Okay.
0: a few years ago. I think two or three years ago, something like that. Uh, And I enjoyed it, and it's a good film, but... I'm not huge on zombie movies, but this one was cute. Uh, An interesting twist. A romantic, comedic zombie film. Right. Uh, So, the one that I picked is a film that I saw in the theater as well last year. Carol hasn't seen this movie yet, I don't believe. Have you seen it? No. You can say if you did, did you? (laughs) No. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's called Dazed and Confused. You sure you haven't seen it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. What?
1: I mean, like, why are you being weird?
0: I don't know. You had this look on your face, like, maybe you did see it, but you just don't want to tell me because you went to the theater with another guy or something.
1: Oh! No. God. Paranoid.
0: Anyway, so Dazed and Confused takes place in the 1970s. It has of smattering of young actors in it. There's um, some dude named uh, Ben Affleck. There's a guy named Matthew McConaughey that's in it. The I can't remember the name of the young guy that's in it. The the sort of the star of the movie. Um, and there's a girl in it too, Joey Lauren Adams. She's in it, and uh, Jeremy London, Jason London, Jason London, Jeremy London's his little brother. Okay. Anyway, so they're all in this film and it takes place in the seventies and this guy is starting his first week of high school and he's getting hazed. Like, you know, he's he knows his sisters told him and everything that the seniors are gonna haze him and they do and it's brutal. Like they they have uh a, a Ben Affleck's a sadistic character and he's got a paddle where he beats the the new freshman whenever they find him on the street. They're like, oh, freshman, stop the truck. And and it hits him with paddles and everything. What the fuck? Oh, yeah. And uh, Joy Lauren Adams is like terrible to these girls. <laughs> you know, they spray him with hoses and stuff. It's Oh, it's terrible. But there's a big party in the woods. This guy's first high school party and everything he goes to. So it's sort of a rollicking adventure kind of film. As far as it's going through their day and they're getting to this party and stuff and there's a lot of pot smoking there's a lot of there's a lot of humor based on the fact that this is the nineteen seventies and they didn't know what we know now in the nineteen nineties there's a lot you know that it's kind of lame when you do that a lot, but there's a lot of that humor in there, like there's a a girl who's clearly pregnant who's getting who's at a um a convenience store. And she's buying beer and cigarettes. And the guy behind the counter says to her, oh, uh, you know, make sure you eat a green thing every day for, uh, you know, for the baby's health. Not saying anything about buying the beer or the cigarettes. Obviously, that'd be a lot different now. But, you know, in this, I I think beer is a bit of a stretch, even in the 70s. But I know in the 70s they didn't know that smoking while you were pregnant could be harmful to the baby. Obviously, now, if you're smoking and you're pregnant, you'll get some sidelong glances from people. I know
1: your mom said, like, she used to hold you while she was smoking.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and she smoked when she was pregnant with me. And they, because my mom was, was pregnant during the 70s with me. And they didn't, you know, they didn't know. They yeah. just, <laughs> no, they had they had no clue. They knew smoking was bad. At that point, they knew smoking was bad. Although, information was slow getting out about that. But they didn't know all the, like, like now they're talking about secondhand smoke. Where, like, if you smoke around somebody, that can be harmful to people. They didn't know that back then. They didn't know if you smoked when you were pregnant, that could be harmful to babies. And lots of stuff they didn't know then. So that's sort of part of the humor, too. But it's a very funny film. And it's... You know, it, it has some 90s sensibilities to it. But the... I think the the era that we're living in right now in the 90s is... There's a, I don't know if it's, if I would say a cynical edge, it's different than the 70s. The 70s were freer, a little more relaxed, I think, about things. And I think that's...
1: Obviously, if you're pregnant and drinking beer and smoking cigarettes. Right. But I think
0: that's why they were, I think that's why this film takes place in the 70s to capture sort of that aesthetic of being, you know, relaxed and everything. But it's a very, it's a very good film, very funny film, and one I would definitely recommend. And, and the uh, the Hyde, I think, no, what's his name, Clyde? I can't remember his name. The character that Matthew McConaughey plays. I
1: have no idea. I never saw the movie.
0: He is uh, he is a creep. <laughs> the biggest. <laughs> there's one point in the movie where he says, "That's what I like about these high school girls." I keep getting older, and they stay the same age.
1: Ew! Yeah.
0: So, but it's a very good, very funny film. Check it out at Blockbuster now. Alrighty. So that is our show for the week. Thank you for listening to our show. Uh, As always, if you want to uh, donate to the show, you can put some money in Carol's Locker in an envelope. If you have anything to say to us about the show, you can put some uh, feedback in my locker. Pass these these tapes around, let everyone hear it, tell a friend, give them the, the tape and say, hey, this is a, a show called Massive Late Fee that these two people do and they talk about movies and you should definitely listen to it. It's all the best of the 90s. <laughs> so uh, yeah, really hype us up. We appreciate that.
1: Have a good week, everybody. Yep.
0: Thank you. Bye.